This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Before we hear that conversation, a quick check-in. Have you subscribed to our show yet? Take a second if you can and make sure so you don't miss any of our great episodes. Thank you. My first guest is Ingrid, who's joining me from North Carolina. Ingrid, thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. I want to start off with... When did you first notice that something about your skin just seemed a little different? Mm-hmm. I think I was about nine years old. And I remember looking in front of a mirror and wondering why something was itchy on my scalp and why whenever I scratched it, it kind of bled a little bit. And what did you think? What was going through your mind? In retrospect, I'm not sure what was going through my mind. I think I was nervous. Yeah. I can't remember when I was nine. So <laughs> I don't blame you. But, you know, the, the first couple of times, did you just think, ah, eh, that's not so bad? What made you think, huh, I better have someone look at it, a parent or, or someone? Yeah. You know, I think it's because it just kept bothering me. 
I don't know how long it took until I finally told my mom, but I remember telling her and she was like, you know, maybe we should go get this checked out by the doctor. Was the idea of psoriasis even on your mom's radar screen? Had you ever heard that word? No, I'd never heard of the word psoriasis up until that point. I don't think my mom had either. In fact, it was after I was diagnosed with psoriasis that we started to ask around and see if there were other people within our family who had it. Turned out my dad's like second cousin or something had it. And then over the next 10 or so years, my brother developed it and then my sister. And then as of last year, my mom now has psoriasis as well. So you have this itching on your scalp. Mm -hmm. You talk to your mom about it. And then you went to see your doctor. And what did the doctor tell you at that time? I imagine, you know, he told us that it was a skin disorder, um, that it was autoimmune. I remember learning, you know, what genetic means at that point. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting started on a variety of different types of medications. And then that's fairly young, although it can happen at times to have psoriasis. Mm -hmm. What were your teenage years like? Because it's a condition that manifests on the skin. What were you hearing from your friends? Yeah, uh, I think that's funny. I remember there was this one student in middle school who always made comments. And I don't think he ever meant for them to be hurtful. But I think as a you know 12-year-old, 13-year-old, it's inevitable to feel some type of way. And I remember there was one time right before school photos where he had said something like, why is there dandruff in your hair? And I was like, it's not dandruff, it's moisturizers. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think it kind of affected me from that perspective a little bit. Um, I have the tendency, I suppose, to wear like long pants or like long dresses or long skirts. But I think overall, I've been um, as intentional as I can be to not let it really affect me. It started to affect other areas of your body as well. So it started on the scalp, mm -hmm. but then where did it start to move to? Honestly, just everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, my legs, my arms. In fact, I'm not sure if I've shared this yet, but when I was in the seventh grade, it actually spread so much that I ended up being hospitalized for about five days because it just covered like over 90% of my body. And then you also developed plaque psoriasis. How old were you when you started to experience those plaques? It was probably a few months after I first noticed it on my scalp. Okay. Now we know that psoriasis can have a flares, some ups and downs. And for many people, there are certain triggers. It could be stress. It could be, you know, too much exercise. What do you find are your triggers that impact your psoriasis? My triggers would be, let's see, stress is definitely one of them. If I don't sleep well enough, if I miss my medication, and I think, but the biggest thing I definitely think would be stress, stress from school, stress from anything. <laughs> so how do you manage it? Stress can be difficult to manage, so you have to manage stress, so then you have to manage your psoriasis. Uh, yes. So how do you how do you address that? A few different ways. I think that on the one hand, um, when something becomes too overwhelming, like in the moment, mm -hmm. I think it's really important to have like peaceful pauses. Um, and then overall, I think it's really important for me to find ways to de-stress as a person, whether that's 
you know, journaling or um, going to parks, going on runs. That really helps me a lot. Spending time with family, spending time with friends. And how has your journey changed over the last few years? Is it different now that you're older? You've lived with it longer. Is it easier or is it harder now? I would say it's easier for sure. We tried so many different things growing up with my medication. I think I finally found something that's helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. And I also think that I've kind of learned to put my identity in other things. Mm -hmm. And in the last three or four years, I actually am a medical student now. So congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And I actually graduate in May. So my focus has been more on that. What was your experience? Let's go with that first doctor when you were nine years old. The first doctor, I think, was a primary care physician. I remember they were the first one to kind of pick it up. I think they were very respectful. I think they did a great job with talking with my parents Mm -hmm. and explaining things and helping me feel comfortable. The next one after that was one of the like dermatologist specialists. And again, he was fine. I think honestly, the first like three to four dermatologists were fine. And then we moved to North Carolina and I had Dr. Feldman. Now, did you want to see the dermatologist or was your condition progressing and your primary care doctor recommended that you needed different therapies more so than he or she were familiar with? I think it was more the latter. I think that they did not feel comfortable necessarily treating it themselves. And so they told me to go to a specialist. Now, here you are a medical student, (laughs) ready to graduate. Yes. First of all, may I ask you what you're going to go into? (laughs) I'm going to go into OBGYN. Okay. Yes, sir. (laughs) Not dermatology. (laughs) Did your patient journey, how did it influence your medical school journey? Yeah, definitely. Well, I love Dr. Feldman. He's a fantastic dermatologist. And Mm. he taught me a lot about what it means to really make people feel comfortable, um, to hear people, to make them feel like safe within a doctor's office. And I think that taught me a lot about what kind of doctor that I want to be in the future. Mm -hmm. Frankly, this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Very early on, you, I didn't want to be a dermatologist because I did not want to work with skin. It mm-hmm. just felt like it hit too close to home almost. So in that sense, it influenced me in that way. But in the other sense, I think that patient perspective of recognizing that that other person is going through a lot of different emotions and experiences and that their particular condition um, is affecting them in a variety of ways and trying to really be as empathetic as possible, I think, has really influenced me. Do people take plaque psoriasis seriously? Or do they think, as, as I kind of referenced at the beginning of our episode, ah, it's just a rash. It's just the skin. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that early on? I think so. I don't think that I took it as seriously as I could have. I think that if I did, I probably would have kept up my medications as frequently and as seriously as I should have <laughs> when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I think it is really easy to 
kind of look at it and just be like, oh, you know, it's just another thing that happens, but it is a serious thing. That's not just for the young Ingrid. We, we see that <laughs> time and time again. So so why is that? Because in some ways you have this condition, right? It has its flares, but we don't always explain as doctors, as you reference that autoimmune component, the fact that it can impact other areas of your body, mm-hmm. that it's not just the skin. Was that communicated well to you? Because that could have impacted as you point out, how you were with medications. I think that it probably was communicated, but perhaps it didn't sink in. Perhaps it was just like me not registering. We'll be back after a quick break. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least weekly health and fitness corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. And now, back to our episode. What was being said when I was younger, maybe I was just not being as thoughtful about it, but it wasn't until I was probably like 18 or 19, where I really started to take it seriously. I actually, I did have, start having some joint issues. Mm -hmm. Now, did you think it might be relating to your psoriasis or did you think, oh, I, you know, I just overdid it that day. Did you make that connection, even though you might've heard it once or twice? I think I initially thought that it was more likely to be something secondary to running or doing Mm -hmm. something along those lines. But eventually I realized, oh, actually this is my psoriasis. So... What's the biggest misconception about plaque psoriasis? I suppose it would be that, like, if you really wanted to, you could get rid of it. Like, if you do all the right things and you take all the medication, that it'll go away. But sometimes, you know, my brother, he's on very similar medication to me, and his is still kind of not as well controlled as mine. Tell us how you're doing today. Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> um, on the one hand, I'm doing great because... It's my fourth year of medical school, and it's probably the most relaxed I will have in a long time. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I'm doing great because my psoriasis is very well controlled. I have like one area on my right leg that sometimes is itchy. But aside from that, it's gotten a lot better. What would you tell listeners who are diagnosed with plaque psoriasis or see a scaly, itchy rash that they're concerned about? 
Mm-hmm. What do they need to know, Ingrid, from your story? I think it would be to not be afraid to speak up and to share it with their physician and to take it seriously and to take the medication as regularly as they can. Mm-hmm. What's the one or two things that you're going to take from being a patient that's going to make you a better doctor? I hope that my experiences will always remind me to be as intentionally empathetic as possible and to be mindful of how the other person is feeling whenever I'm in the room with them and to make them as comfortable as I can and to listen really, really well. Because I think that sometimes, even as a medical student, it's just so easy to have all these different thoughts running through my head of, I need to finish this, or I need to write this down, or Mm -hmm. I just saw this person, don't forget about that. But to really be present with whomever I'm speaking with. And in that sense, like listen to their story as well as I can. And in that way, be able to better understand what's going on and help them as best as I can. But you also educated yourself on the condition and learned (laughs) about it, right? You found a physician that you felt comfortable with. You spoke up, as you said, and you went to a couple different primary care physicians, dermatologists, until you found the right one for you. Mm -hmm. And you tried different medications until you found the ones that worked for you. And you started to recognize the importance of being compliant, you know, taking those medications, Mm -hmm. you know, as you need. So you've done a lot of work here. I want to give you credit (laughs) for for what you've done and and how you've made it uh, easier journey for you. Because as you point out, a misconception is you use medication for a little while and then it'll go away. But because of the underlying pathophysiology of the disease, it doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. What's the future hold for Ingrid? (laughs) The future. I am excited to graduate and to hopefully start residency soon and then practice hopefully in North Carolina um, Mm -hmm. or elsewhere in the South. And yeah, just kind of keep chugging along. (laughs) Well, Ingrid, the future of medicine is bright, knowing that you'll be starting (laughs) in just a few months. I want to thank you for taking time today. Thank you, Dr. White. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. We have a great show today, but first, take a second to make sure you've subscribed to our show wherever you're listening to podcasts. It's the best way to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. Thanks. Please take a moment to follow, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.